Alexandre Montero Perio. It won a few times. That's what I'm talking about. But yo, man, today we got a very important topic. I kind of want to piggyback off of what me and Jap talked about last night. We were actually talking about the uh, Me Too movement. We were talking about the Me Too movement, and it raised a question in my mind. It raised a very important question in my mind. And that question was, is this still a man's world? And this is something we really got to think about now. Although, you know, men still technically run the world. Technically. Don Teasy. Appreciate you, Don Teasy. But I got to ask that question. Do we still live in a man's world? And the reason why I got to ask that question is because we live in a day and time where a guy can simply do something. You could do something as small as be at the be at your workplace and you know, you go to help a fellow coworker that just happens to be a young lady. And you know, you might need to help her with something on the computer and you lean over. Appreciate you, Craig. And you lean over to look at her computer screen. Now, you might inadvertently put your hand on her shoulder. Well, that's actually considered sexual harassment. My bad, y'all. A little issue with my green screen. But I'm, I'm definitely going to upgrade to that camera that uh, Kevin Samuels got. Give me a second, y'all. Let me get this right because it's going to bother me. But, um, you know, the guy might inadvertently, like, lean over on her, you know, and put his hand on his shoulder, on her shoulder. And that's grounds to get you fired. That's grounds to get you fired. And it doesn't even matter if you've been working there forever. It doesn't matter what your contributions to the company is. None of that matters. They, they don't give a shit. Like, just the fact that you... Hold on. Okay. It really doesn't matter. Definitely got to get that other camera. Y'all have no idea how much work goes into this. Real. Have everything looking crispy. Looking the way it's supposed to look. You have no idea. I know what I'll do. I know what I'll do. My bad, y'all. I get a little scatterbrain. It's my OCD. It's my OCD. I can't help it. Certain things are not proper. It's going to drive me crazy. All right, there we go. That helps. So... Like I was saying, you may inadvertently lean over to, to to look at the computer screen. You might put your hand on the shoulder or something, or you might, you know, it's, it's a natural human reflex. But just that, just that alone is enough 
to get you fired, to get you shit canned, as they would say in corporate America. And what makes it so bad, it hasn't even, it, it isn't even, it isn't, it isn't even just that. You don't even have to work in corporate America. You could be a civil servant. You could work in Congress. You could work in uh, uh, the governor's uh, 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 office. You can work anywhere in government. And not only can it make you, not only can they make you resign from your position, but they'll give your position to somebody else. Usually a woman. Now, normally, in order to get power, or in order to get a position of power, you have to fight for it. You have to fight for it, or you have to prove yourself worthy of the position that you're trying to get. Well, not now. Not in Congress. And this was one of the things that really bothered me when I noticed that they were taking, uh, uh, you know, with Al Franken, you know, congressman. He was accused of sexual, uh, inappropriate sexual behavior or sexual allegations. He wasn't accused of rape. He was just accused of being inappropriate. Okay. So based on him being inappropriate, and then shout out to Craig Harper, by the way, and shout out to... Who is that? Ron. Shout out to Ron. But, you know, he just was accused. And just from being accused and having the allegations out there, they forced him, like, pressured him to resign. Like, you need to resign. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, how is that even, how does that even make sense? How does that even make sense? And by the way, guys, we will be taking phone calls in a little while. Um, I'm going to get some of the guys from Discord, some of the uh, folks from Discord to jump on with me. And um, after I get you guys on, we're going to take some phone calls. I'm going to see how that works out. I've always wanted to do that. Take phone calls while I have the Discord up. So that if somebody call in with some stupidness, not only can I cook them, but we all can cook them. Um, and for those of you that want to know when I set up the call, this the number is going to be up top. But I was sitting there last night and I was really thinking about it. And I said to myself, do we really live in a man's world anymore? Because the whole reason that we used to say that is because men actually were in charge. Men actually ran the world. Men actually had a certain amount of power. Okay? But if you look at it today, men don't have the same power they used to have. They don't have the same power. Like, somebody once said, I forgot which, uh, I forgot which dude said, said it, but somebody once said, matter of fact, why am I doing that? I got Google. Voltaire. Voltaire said, if you want to know who rules your society, just look at the people you can't criticize. That's what he said. That was a very profound statement. Very powerful, profound statement. If you want to know who rules your society, look at the people you can't criticize. Well, in this day and age, that would be the LBGT community. 
and women. That's who have the power now. Because that's who you can't criticize. You can criticize men all day. Not only can you criticize men, but you can you you can straight up disparage men. You can objectify them. Meaning you could you could look at men like they're just a tool for your own uh services. Men literally have no rights. I mean, let's just think about it. What rights do what rights do a man have? See, here's the thing. In light of this Me Too movement, now, I've been trying my best to be as even keel as I possibly can. You know, because don't get me wrong, there are good women out here. A lot of them are part of the angry man nation. You know, we got the angry ladies, and they don't like any of this mess either. But what I'm realizing is that the brothers need me now more than ever. Brothers need any of us that's doing anything to help them now more than ever, especially these young brothers, especially these young brothers. And the reason why I say is because they are going into war without any tools, without any support. You feel me? No support. You know, they got to wonder, okay, what, what, what am I, what am I getting into? You know, it's no wonder these dudes are running around here. It's no wonder these dudes are running around here taking this sex doll thing seriously. And I'm telling you right now, as as time is going on and the more I see these allegations coming out and the more I see all of these different things coming out, I'm getting to the point where it's like, well, damn, as weird as I think it is, I can't even blame them. Like, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, you know what, dude, do your thing. I feel your pain. Because there's nothing available for them. There's nothing available for them. If, if, they want, if they want information on how to talk to women, there's only a couple of people that's going to give them the information that's really going to help them. There's only a couple dudes out here that's going to give them the information that they really need. Aside from that, you just got a you got other dudes that's just trying to prey on them and 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 you know, um trying to use them. So they're not getting the information that they need. You know? There's a handful of guys here on YouTube that's really genuinely trying to help brothers. There's a handful you feel what I'm saying? That's across the entire YouTube. You have any idea how big YouTube is? You have any idea how large YouTube is? As big as YouTube is, there is a small sector with a small group within that sector that are literally trying to help brothers and give them the information that they need to avoid bullshit. So when you sit back and you look at everything that's going on and you look at these guys losing their jobs, there, there was a guy at Google that lost his freaking job behind this BS. And he's currently suing Google and he said that he would sit there in their meetings and stuff and the women would say some of the most sexist, messed up shit in reference to men. And not only were they allowed to do it, but the women would get up and give a standing ovation 
And the crazy thing is the, it, it has created an environment where men are literally tiptoeing through corporate America terrified that they're going to do the wrong thing and lose their job. And see, here's the thing. It's just like, this is the thing that these guys need to understand. Because of the fact that you're dealing with women in these situations, it's no different than if you were in a relationship. Okay? You got to view it that way. If you're at work and you have to deal with women behaving in an unprofessional manner, which is what it is, when they're doing this type of stuff, when they're behaving like this, the shit that they're allowed to get away with doing, it is an unprofessional behavior. Okay? Not professional at all. But they're allowed to do it. When they're behaving like that, they're behaving on emotions. So it's just like if you were in a relationship. And what you need to realize is just like if you was in a relationship, if you're in a relationship with a chick that's constantly looking for something that you're doing meaning she's always nitpicking always looking for something wrong she's always gonna fucking find it you find what you're looking for that's the reality of it you always find what you're looking for if a chick is trying to find something wrong with you as a dude you're, she's gonna find it because of the simple fact that you are not perfect no one is alright now, the same way I tell you in a relationship, you need to get the hell out of that situation. It's the same thing in corporate America. You men need to get out of those situations. Leave those jobs. Leave those companies. We're men. We can create more. Okay? We can build more. Build companies and structure them so that you don't have to deal with that. Like, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, what I have going on in the Angry Man Nation is awesome. And the reason why I say that is because it's men and it's women. And I got mad love for the men and the women in the Angry Man Nation. But trust and believe, any woman that's spewing that that super feminist rhetoric that gynocentric bullshit mm -mm. don't even come this way the moment i hear that it's like nope because it's rhetoric that is based on 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 things that are not true all right i saw a video today where you know the, this the these comedians they were doing reactions to the picture of the of the sex doll. If y'all remember that picture that I used last Sunday, they they were using that picture and they were getting reactions. And one girl said, "Oh my God, they made this sex doll look anatomically perfect." She said, "It's hard enough being a woman as it is. How? How?" They still have women running around saying this, and it is a lie. How? How is it hard? How is it hard being a woman today? I mean, let's just keep it all the way funky. How is it hard? You can get a job with no problem. Even if you can't get a job, you can get assistance with no problem. Even if you couldn't get assistance, all you got to do is get pregnant by a dude and you'll have him on the hook for 18 years. That's an 18-year check every month. 
How? How do you have it hard? How? When when you you can't even all you have to do is rub elbows with a rich guy and you can sue him for a shitload of money. How do you have it hard? I sit back and watch television and they talk about men like we're dogs. They talk about us like we ain't shit. But you better not get on TV and say something messed up about a woman. So how do you have it hard? How? You got women marching around doing slut walks. Just think about that concept for a second. They are literally marching up and down the street with their shirts off, breasts exposed, talking about we have the right. I can't walk down the street with my penis exposed. That would be called indecent exposure. You can get a charge for that. But for some reason, these women can do it. And they say, oh, well, men can walk around with their shirts off. True. But men don't breastfeed. And men's pecs don't grow into breasts. And men's pecs are not sexualized. Meaning, if a guy's walking down the street with his shirt off, a woman could walk up to him and say, ooh, ain't nothing going to happen. If a woman's walking down the street with her shirt off and her breast exposed and a guy walk up and says, ooh, his ass going to jail. That's the difference. See, what makes me mad about the entire situation is they want to sit back and benefit from double standards. But then at the same time, say there shouldn't be double standards, but only in certain instances. So when it comes to when it comes to a guy walking down the street with his shirt off and a woman walking down the street with her shirt off, there shouldn't be any double standards. Why? Because they feel that's prohibiting them. You feel me? But if a guy gets into an argument with a woman and belts her one time, there should be a double standard. Because a guy shouldn't hit a woman. Right? Do y'all see the manipulation? Do you see the manipulation? Do you see what's going on? Do you see the foolishness? Because let's not get it twisted. That's exactly what it is. It is pure foolishness. And men have been sitting back, accepting it for so damn long that it has become the norm. We've been so comfortable sitting back like, oh, don't worry about it. I don't. Eh. And now what's happening? And I'm going to tell you something. We're men. We should be much more forward thinking than this. Okay. We allow our women to get this out of hand. If you think for one second that it is not going to affect the very foundation of the society that we live in you have lost your mind okay it's just like when you go to a forest or you go to a jungle and you start messing with certain species in that jungle or you kill off something that's a part of that circle of life that ecosystem it's going to cause a domino effect 
All right. It's the same thing in this country. It's the same thing in this world. The last thing you want to do is use the last thing you want to do is take power away from the people who actually build and maintain the infrastructure of modern civilization through deception and manipulation. Because it's like this. Let's say for argument's sake, you manipulate your way to the top. You didn't earn your way to the top. You manipulated your way to the top. Well, see, here's the thing. Just because you manipulated your way to the top does not mean you can manipulate your way into doing a good job. Because once you're on top, you got you to gotta be on top. Once you're in charge, you're in charge. That's like everybody talking about Trump saying, oh, well, Trump, he got in there because he got help from the Russians or whatever. Well, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can make a fake resume. You can make a fake resume, fake doctor's license, all of that shit, and pretend to be a brain surgeon. Okay? You can you can you can doctor all your stuff up and get all your little references and and con your way into a a residency at a hospital. But guess what? When it comes time to do a brain surgery, you're gonna have to do the brain surgery. And this is the thing that these women are not realizing. You can manipulate situations to put yourself in power, but once you get in power, you got to wield it. You got to wield that power. Because guess what? The same way you go running and whining to, to, to congressmen, senators, and, 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 and everybody else, all of the other men, these Plutarchs that are in power, whenever you can't get your way, once you become the person in charge, there's no one to run to. There's no one to complain to when shit don't go your way. Now, go ahead and say I'm sexist for making a statement like that. Go ahead and say that I'm wrong for saying that when women don't get their way, regardless of whether or not they're grown, they want to run and complain to somebody or whine or, or get on the floor like a baby, beating the floor, kicking and screaming. Go ahead and say I'm sexist for saying that. Like we didn't just see a shitload of women march on Washington during the inauguration because they wanted Hillary in the office instead of uh, Trump. Tell me that didn't happen. Tell me that didn't occur. Would, I mean, am I wrong? Did that or did that not happen? Did that or did that not happen? Was it or was it not uh, 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 women like Madonna and, and, and what's that other chick's name? What, what, what is that other chick's name? The one that played in the movie... Uh, uh, double Jeopardy. What's that chick's name? Let me Google. What is that chick's name? Ashley Judd. That's her name. That's her name, Ashley Judd. So tell me, tell me, tell me 
that that didn't happen. Tell me that Ashley Judd and, and freaking Madonna didn't go to the freaking uh, 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 Capitol and stand up there and give speeches making threats. They made threats on the president. Now, like him or love him, he's still the president. And what does it look like to other countries? Like, see, this is this is the thing. See, women don't women don't get on man code. Men have a code because we understand certain things that are a reality that we can't escape. All right, so let's put it on a small scale. Let's say that, let's say for argument's sake that I belong to a crew or I work for a company. Now, whoever's appointed the boss or whoever's appointed in charge, I may not like him. I may not, I may can't stand him. Or let's say I'm in the military and there's a general above me. I may not like him. But guess what? I can't show the public that. I can't show the public that. I can't show the rest of the world that. Because if I show everyone else that, there will be dissension in the ranks. Do you remember the movie? I was talking about this with uh, uh, the Grinch God the other day. You remember the first Godfather? You remember when the guy came and he wanted to get uh, go into business with Vito and they're all having a meeting and he says, well, if you're worried about your million dollars, the Tatalia family will guarantee it. And then Sonny speaks up and says, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that Tata-? and Vito stopped? He said, wait a minute. And he looked at him like he was crazy. And he said, you have to forgive me. I spoil my children. A lot of times they speak when they should listen. Now, just because of that one action, just because of Sonny speaking out of turn and making it look like he was not on code with his father, that was the catalyst for Salazzo to shoot Vito. Okay? This is man code. This is, yo, you know what? I, you know what I've decided to do? I'm going to start giving consultations on man code. Or lessons or something. You feel what I'm saying? Fuck, fuck the, all of the other shit. I, I'm, I'm going to start giving man code, like man lessons. You feel me? Because there's a lot of shit that I've noticed with dudes nowadays doing. It's just not man shit. You feel me? It's just not. And in this day and age, with all of this mess that's going around with this Me Too shit, with the with feminism, with gynocentrism, uh, uh, fucking hypergamy, all of this stuff that we have to deal with today, it is now more important than ever that men be on the strictest of codes. That's just real talk. You feel me? That's just real talk. Now me, I'm in a relationship. You feel what I'm saying? But trust and believe, if I was not in a relationship, if I was single, I would be living in a very strict way. I would not be I wouldn't be out here trying to date the way that, you know, I used to date in 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 the 90s and shit. No, you can't do that. You can't you got to adapt. You have to adapt. You feel what I'm saying? 
You have to adapt. Like, there's dudes out here that I see genuinely trying to help. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to help. Uh, Donovan Sharp and um, Kevin Samuels now have a program called Sharp Image where they're actually giving out game and image consulting in one package. In one package. You got Minister Jap. Excuse me. You got Minister Jap who's actually got his feet on the ground because he's still out here dating. He's out here in the clubs, you know, all he sees what goes on. So he's speaking on everything that he see. He over there giving away game. You feel me? He over there giving some serious game over there. And, and, and you know what? I'm not even going to front. There's a new dude, young dude, goes by the name of Alpha Male Strategy. You know, now there's one or two videos he did I really didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with, but he said a lot of other stuff that definitely is beneficial, you know, about working out, fixing your image, things of that nature. So you have brothers out here, it's a small group, it's a small handful of brothers, but you have brothers out here who genuinely are trying to help these younger brothers avoid these pitfalls. You feel what I'm saying? But like I said, what I see, not only when it comes to, you know, brothers are lacking when it comes to dating skills, brothers are lacking when it comes to their image, brothers are lacking when it comes to being aware of certain things, but there's one more thing that's missing, and I think I'm going to fill that need, which is, There are certain things that have been tried and true throughout the history of the world that men have always done and men need to continue to do if they want to maintain power. If you want to maintain power, you want to maintain your position. There's certain things that men have to always freaking do. Okay. And I'm going to put something together for that. I'm going to put something together for that. But yo, I'm about to click on the discord. Anybody that wants to join, you know, the usual folks, y'all know who y'all are. Y'all want to jump on there. Click on this joint real quick. Get my mic right. Mic check. Okay, so we got the Discord up, and I'm going to cut on the Blog Talk Radio. For anybody that wants to call in, Right. Got to get it right, buddy. Got to get it right, buddy. Start your show now. Press one to hear important. Your show is scheduled to start in 18 seconds. Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Dog Talk Radio.
Okay, so for anybody that wants to call in, the call-in number is 515-602-9723. All you have to do is press 1 to be added to the host queue. As you can see, the number is right up here scrolling across the top. So if you want to jump in there, um, you already know what it is. Let's see, who do we have on? Let's see, who do we got on? Let's see, okay, we got Char Willie calling in. Let's see if it works. Can you hear me, Char Willie? Testing, testing. One, two, three. Testing. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool. Everybody, if you if you're in the chat room, press one if you can hear Char Willie. Okay, they can hear you. All right, everybody that's in Discord, can y'all hear Char Willie? I see cats yes. in it. You can hear her? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. shit. We... All right, then let me ask the Char Willie, can you hear them in Discord? They I think I heard cats, but that's all I heard. Okay, cool. We cooking. We cooking with fresh grease. So yo, anybody that <laughs> anybody that wants to call in, the call in number is five one five six zero two nine seven two three. All you have to do is press one to join the conversation. Feel what I'm saying? Those of you who was feeling left out because you wasn't on Discord, you feel me? But let's see who we got. We got. We got up in here in Discord. We got Char Willie. We got Cats. Hello. What's going on? Nothing. So. Just say, um, about the, the. In commenting about the sex doll, she probably. Um, since she was focusing mostly on how the doll looked. Mm hmm. Probably one. I don't know if she's pretty, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but. she wasn't. She she wasn't. She wasn't ugly. So I I was wondering, you know, it, that's what I would have thought. Yeah, I was thinking that what she meant by it's hard enough being a woman is that it's hard enough to compete. Oh, so did, probably have all. She she might have been. She might have been saying that. She might have been talking about that, but. But even still, even still, cats, like, come mm -hmm. on, like, like, and this is the one thing I try to tell women, like, <laughs> if you're competing, you're competing with other women as far as, you know, what the woman looks like or what the woman like, because really, it, dudes are not, like, I don't know how many times i've had to like explain this to like you know you know women who are dating dudes are not like that yeah they want a certain type of woman but at the end of the day a good dude is is realistic he's he's not gonna like a, a good dude knows when he's batting up or you know when he's trying to 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 get a woman this out of his class it's it's like it's like a woman who let's say for argument's sake a woman who you know she feels like well i don't have the coat i don't have the classic coke bottle shape and all of this stuff that woman knows she's not going to go to a club 
where there's a bunch of chicks trying to holler at a dude that's a that's a movie star or something and compete with them chicks. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the same thing with a dude who isn't rich. You feel me? A dude who isn't rich, he's not going to run around saying, okay, I know I can pull any woman on the planet. No, that's not realistic. You know, but guys are not... Like I've seen, I've seen like any woman that is that is a pretty woman. She doesn't have to be a supermodel. Any woman that's a pretty woman can get a decent dude because I've seen some of the, I've seen some of the most handsome dudes with ugly chicks. I've yeah. seen that. I've witnessed that with my own two eyes. Like I've seen a dude who definitely could get a woman that looked better than the one he was with. I've seen that. You know what I'm saying? Numerous times. So, it, you know, when she said that, I hope she wasn't talking about competing with a doll because she wasn't ugly. You know, she wasn't an ugly woman. So, you know, but my my whole thing is, you know, we we're getting we're getting to a point where how is the dating process even going to look when the average guy can't even average guy can't even walk up on a woman and say, "Ooh, you look good. What's your name?" Like, um, I think a bunch of people are going to sign in a whole bunch of waivers they do. <laughs> so they're going to be signing waivers. Or they could go back to um arranged marriages and just have people get with people their parents take them. Mm-hmm. Their parents. No questions asked. Mm. Mm-hmm. I see waivers coming. That's I see. But yeah. Electronic yeah, but you know, it's just like it's, it's just like um Jap said last night. You know, even with a waiver or a contract, you know, a woman could still say, "Well, uh, well, you know, I was drunk, so I signed it under duress." You know, so <laughs> so it's gonna depend on how ironclad the contract is. Like, literally, a guy would literally have to sit a woman down. And record her, and he asked her questions like, "Are you coherent? Yes. Are you of sound mind and body? Yes. Are you consenting to sexual intercourse? Yes. Okay, sign that waiver, and then he record her signing. Like it's gonna be so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Yeah, it's beyond ridiculous. Have to read, <laughs> have to read something and have that record. It is beyond ridiculous. And and by the way, everybody that's watching um, here in the Angry Man Nation, there's always individuals who join the conversation in Discord. And I know a lot of times you guys don't know who's talking and who's saying what. So I have these little icons that I'm going to put up whenever certain people join me. Um, I don't have all of them made. So if you're in Discord and you're looking at the screen like, where's my icon? I ain't made them all yet. So they're coming. <laughs> they coming, but um, 
yeah, like this is this is really disturbing me because I'm the type of person I like to think five steps ahead. I like to think further down the road. And so I'm thinking about what type of effects this is going to have on our society as a whole. Like what what is what are going to be the after effects? Like what are going to be the ripples in the pond from this bullshit? Not positive. Yeah, I can't even think that far ahead. Yeah, the it, thing is, a lot of them aren't thinking that far ahead. They're trying to get power now. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm getting to the point. Like me personally, I still think it's weird. But, you know, the more dudes get accused of sexual allegations, I'm like, damn. I'm about to start telling brothers, you know, brothers that hit me up like, man, what am I going to do? I'm going to be like, yo, you need to go buy your sex doll. How am I always missing the good shit? Oh, shit. Brother Cerulean. What's good? Cerulean just entered the house. Oh, man. What's good? What's good, man? Oh, just kidding. Mm. What's going on? Yeah, I'm I'm in here asking the the deep philosophical question: Is this still a man's world? Can it still be classified as a man's world? Uh, well, it is. Uh, it it is, and it always will. Construct Dinocentrism, feminism, all. Mm. That boy is good. That they late holiday five years. So let me ask you, Cerulean, what, what do you think? What do you think? Um, and by the way, we're, we're going to start. Uh, I don't know when, but we're going to start doing a segment on the show called when the coon turns and, and I need, I need you, I need you to break down. Like I need you to pick individuals where you break down how they was cooning. But what do you, um, what do you think? Like, what do you think the me too movement? Like what, like we've talked about it a few times. What do you think like the impact it's going to have on the society like what what do you think it's going to do if they keep going in the direction they're going um well ultimate mm. let's see the Mm. Federal debts, they were 
to log them, you know, occupied. I did. Mm. I have the cooperator starved. Hmm. Now, with the meat really uh, loaded, um, which are not really meant here and now, really just kind of a water out of chaos. Oh, know, hold, uh, on. hold on one second, Sarulin. They're saying they can't hear you. Hold on, let me. Let me see what's going on. I definitely hear you. I hear you. They should be able to hear what's going on. That. Oh, Lord. Okay, he's low. Small talk. Low. But I can Okay. Okay, can you, can you hear me now? Yeah, let's see. I'm going to turn it all the way up. For me, anyway. All right, so. Yeah. All right, so everybody in the chat room. If you can hear Cerulean, go ahead, Cerulean. Let's see if they can hear you. If y'all hear, if y'all okay, hear how, Cerulean, how about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, they should be able to hear you. Let's see if they say. Okay, yeah, they can hear you now. All right, go ahead, bro. So, uh, you know, uh, Me Too is a Bolshevik uh, Bolshevism reloaded, mm -hmm. in which um, these uh, accusations they're not really meant for the here and now. Um, what they're meant for is uh, upcoming elections in which they can use the uh, stains that they've placed on men's uh, records and reputations now for the uh, future political situation. Mm -hmm. uh, as we know, midterm elections are coming up. Um, 2020 elections are, are fast approaching. And so uh, to discredit um, various politicians, which they want to give women seats, Mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, they're meant to say, hey, you know, they're they're trying to play on the moral uh, aspect of uh, people's emotions. Like, this person, uh, you know, he was, you know, he's sexually assaulted or he's sexually harassed or some kind of sexual misconduct, and uh, now people all, you know, emotional about it. So, oh, I'm not going to give my vote to that guy. Mm -hmm. And so it's meant to uh, interrupt and uh, throw a monkey wrench into the election. So that they could give women seats because as the job market is shrinking that means there's going to be less and less jobs for women especially as the government uh starts to streamline and the, the gynocracy which is a very significant elected group of women who um act as proxies for the uh, pluto plutocrats mm -hmm. uh, they want guarantees they want guarantees that, that just don't exist right now mm -hmm. And those guarantees are specifically within government, education, um, and politics. You know? mm. uh, so you might not uh, uh, see a lot of uh, male interns anymore in your local city council mm. as aides. And there's going to be very few and far in between as far as men as they start to absorb <laughs> so all right so they they're kicking out they're kicking out a certain group 
of 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 dudes, you know, to get women in certain seats. All right, what what's their what's their end game for that? Do you have any idea well, what the end game for that well, is? Well, I'll 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 put it this way. Um, let's uh, look at the uh, companies that sit on the board for, uh, for instance, Alec, mm-hmm. um, Alec Political Action Committee, very powerful political action committee. They've uh, created the uh, ninety four crime bill. They also created this recent tax bill. Um, now, all all it takes see see formally um as like gerrymandering is starting to be frowned upon that to find new ways to get people out of office mm-hmm. so say for instance alec proposes a bill and you have uh, a politician that uh, uh votes against it a very powerful one like say for instance the uh majority house leader mm-hmm. votes against it uh, to get them out they, they gotta come up with a clever way to get them out of there and so the best way to do it is there's some kind of misandry, basically mm-hmm. putting a bunch of propaganda out there, uh, ruining his reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those ways, which has uh, become as of late, is Me Too. Mm. Which is why you see the uh, situation with Al Franken. Mm-hmm. Um, he's about to be replaced by a woman. Yeah. And this woman is just trying to get guarantees. No, what... And make no mistake, these are all men that are doing this. Uh, Alec comes along and says, hey, um, uh, we want this guy voted against our bill last time. We want to get this bill through. Um, we, this person that was close to them, we're going to pay them $500,000. Mm-hmm. So we need to say that this person sexually harassed you or accuse him of some kind of sexual misconduct to ruin his reputation so that we can get him out of political office this way. This is the same way the bullshit. So, so if, if I'm hearing right, what you're basically saying is that the, the uh, plutocracy are trying to get certain men out of positions because they can't control what they're doing and replacing them with women who might be who easy, will do what they who do. will do what they want. Oh, okay. Well, well, yeah, you, you read the uh, the American Plutocracy by uh, Milford W. Howard, mm-hmm. right? Um, the only way a plutocracy can exist is if you erect a strong and wide uh, proxy mm. class. And the gynocracy is a proxy. Mm. Because the, by and, doing that... They can they can pawn off all of their bullshit onto them and blame them for it while keeping their hands clean, basically. While keeping their hands clean, as a matter of fact, uh, even I mean this goes all the way back. You can read the uh, Renaissance uh, author uh, Machiavelli, Niccolo Machiavelli, yeah. the Prince. Yeah, this is exactly what this is about to uh, create a proxy class, so that way the Prince uh, keeps his hands clean. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I have. I've, I've read The Prince. It's been a minute since I read it, but yeah, that makes sense because then, you know, if they want to do something that is in um in their best interest as far as uh profit, but it's something that men are not going to agree with, it's easy to use yeah. the women to do it because then, you know, we. I, 
today in this day they, they they know that they know that they know that for the most part women actually uh, get with the program especially as the job market shrinks mm-hmm. and there's less guarantees they come in saying um, hey uh, we'll guarantee you a seat and we'll give you five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> mm. and uh it takes a lot of greasing uh pockets mm-hmm. in politics it's a very nasty game uh, it's a shame that uh, black folks don't uh, learn how to rapidly play this game because this is how we're getting beat out and everything or yeah um you know the the thing about it is i'm sitting here like okay so we and got... with the black feminist it's even worse because uh, the idea with the with the black feminists is to erect their own uh, black plutocracy in which they play the game mm. and, and be used as the, the tools against uh, white benefactors so that they can procure more power for a, uh, for instance, a black plutarch. Mm. But the problem is they're bringing down all of the potential black plutarch. Like your Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sitting there thinking, like, the only... Only individuals I would say would fall into that category would be a Russell Simmons or a Jay Z or a um... or even Nelly. I mean, this is like bringing out Nelly. Nelly multi, you know, a high level multi millionaire controls uh you know his own media studios and actually has a media conglomerate. Uh, created his own genre of uh, music, mm. you know. Does he own like? Does he own like a small percentage of of the Bobcats or some shit like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he. And and you know what? That is the most interesting thing about all of that Me Too shit. Um. Before I would have said, well, if you have a certain amount of money and a certain amount of power, you don't have to worry about that until the Harvey Weinstein situation. But with black men, they never seem to get to that point. Yeah, you remember with that. See, Weinstein is a was a was a different story. Me too was just a convenient excuse to use because uh, once again, who, uh, how did Weinstein get his beginning through Universal? Universal has its own political action committee, and it also sits on the board of Alec. Mm which proposed the 94 crime bill. Now, is it any wonder how all of your, uh, your gangster music came out during the time where, uh, uh, you know, Weinstein company is first forming, breaking off from universal universal, uh, becomes a part of Alec in the eighties. Mm. So that was that. And you know what? I always wondered about that with, uh, with NWA. Mm-hmm. You know, and and how because anybody who was alive during that time remembers the shift where hip hop went from being about political activism, you know what I'm saying, to straight hood shit. Like it even 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 NWA had one song that was like kind of like political, but if you really look at it, it was more like. It was more like it looked it was masquerading as being political, like fuck the police was masquerading as being political because it made it look like once they put that out, oh, we really got a problem with these Negroes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, yeah, no, I, you, got, you got to remember uh, Jerry Heller, Jerry Heller was with Priority, mm-hmm. uh, Inter- Interscope. 
which is a subsidiary of guess what? Company. Universal, right? Universal Music Group. Mm. And mm. Universal, of course, is under uh, uh, Universal, of course, also uh, has a uh, stake in uh, what Weinstein Company now, which they, uh, I believe, own. Mm-hmm. Colors uh, do to sell that because of this whole mess that he's been locked in. And the idea is to basically drain drain him to where he basically begs for somebody to buy Weinstein Film Company. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. All it so basically all it is 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 political moves for hostile takeovers. Yeah. This is this is high level stuff. And see that's mind you he's the that. owner of Universal Music. <laughs> and see that's the see that's the that's real, a man that's the owner of Universal. Yeah, and see that's the messed up thing because with with all of these like talk about trickle down economics like that, that like all of this shit all of the things that they do on that higher scale it, it basically trickles down and 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 who gets fucked over is the little guy. Yeah. Yeah, Lucy Lucy Grain and uh Boyd Mira, if I'm not mistaken, those are still men. Mm-hmm. You know. Um so <laughs> you know, so it is still it's still a man's world, but the problem is is that uh these women don't understand that they're they're being taken advantage of, which is actually going to lead to women having less and less opportunity. Mm. Uh, just for the, for their short term profit, uh, which is what the Bolshevik Revolution was. When they overthrew the Bolsheviks, uh, the, the Mensheviks became the prominent class, and um, you know they eventually became worse than the czars mm. until they had to be overthrown. Mm, mm, mm. So and how they did it was through spreading propaganda. Uh, re- revealing all of the uh, the, the intric- intricacies of the uh, immoral uh, uh, behaviors behind the scenes, and, you know how the funds were being misappropriated. Even though be- because of the, uh, the the Bolshevik Revolution, uh, the czars basically broke uh, the country to such extent to where the USSR could not even stay together, even if it tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> And uh, so they basically, uh, you know, use the, the platform that the uh, Bolsheviks basically are responsible, or the, uh, the the Tsars were basically responsible for breaking the country. And then the Bolsheviks took power. Um, they created the entirely new money, mm-hmm. and they started becoming even worse than the Tsars <laughs> mm. until they had to be overthrown. So I'm saying this is a Bolshevik Revolution 101, but this, I mean, um, this is a 2.0 reboot and a more refined version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This shit is fucked up. <laughs> it's beyond fucked up because, and see, that's the part you came in on. Like, I, I was sitting here talking about the 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 ripple effects that all of this shit is going to have in, you know, social interaction between men and women and, you know, more specifically, 
you know, brothers out here trying to date and trying to find quality women to be in relationships with. And yeah, you know, that's that's a, that's another uh, side effect that happened uh, during the time where uh, the USSR uh, broke apart. Um, you know, it was uh, it was easier for for people to stay separate. You know, they it was they got no benefits of marriage, so marriage became a dead dead end street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their families uh, started breaking apart. You know. Um, so these women that are profiting from this in the short term, they realize that they're setting the environment um, because a, a community, a, a country is held up by a series of communities. Mm-hmm. Communities are held up by a series of families. Mm-hmm. You, you break the core apparatus that uh, creates strong families. Um, you're, you're indirectly uh, breaking up the thing that makes a strong country. Yeah. Yeah, so I like and like I said right before you came in, I said to everybody, I said, "Yo, man, it's getting to the point where it's so bad out here. Like, I might just tell brothers, like, yeah, man, you might as well just go ahead and and, and snatch you up, old old silicone sex doll." <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, 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 don't do that. You know, because now you, because now you're saying that uh, you know your very livelihood as a human beings isn't worth fighting for. So, you know, it's just time to throw in the towel. A lion has been defanged. Go ahead and give it up, and you know, die in the uh, the wilderness of the savanna. You know. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I decided what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna start doing a series of videos that's like, uh, and goddamn it, if I'm gonna suffer bone loss, it's gonna be in the real thing, goddamn it. It's not gonna be- <laughs> 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 suffer bone loss anyway. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you know? like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do a series of videos. I'm, I'm gonna do a series of videos. I'm gonna call them shits man lessons. Cause a lot of these dudes out here, man, they, they need. They need to understand the foundation of of what it means to be a man because a lot of them, they're they're falling into these little pitfalls and shit because they're... Yes, that's true. They're falling falling for, you know, uh, mainstream media. Mm -hmm. Mainstream media. The purpose for mainstream media is to train and to uh, basically program its mockingbirds. Mm Mm-hmm. And what the mockingbirds do, they go they go out here and they keep the low priority shit in the uh, social aether, so that you're always focused on low priority stuff and not the stuff that is the priority. Mm. And it does because when you're not focused on the uh, priority issues, you end up getting situations like this where you've uh, <clears throat> you know you find yourself in a hole, not knowing how to get out because all you know is uh, what the mainstream media has basically told you. Mm-hmm. They say the uh, mainstream media has told them that, uh, oh, you know, that your women are deplorable because mm. uh, they've been born, you know, they've been born and bred and incubated in a uh, a fatherless society, right? Mm-hmm. And but you got to remember, you're, you're being a man. Yeah. All of the children of the community are yours. Word. Doesn't matter who who gave birth to them. You are responsible for your community, regardless of who 
children they belong to. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you 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 have any idea how much trouble you gonna get in with some of these dudes? <laughs> well, yeah, it's because see, when when you want to dodge responsibility, you say, "I'm not bailing these bitches out." <laughs> see, when you don't want to take responsibility for your community, you 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 begin you begin to say uh, unintelligible nonsense like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't want to bail these bitches out. These bitches got to choose better. <laughs> well, well, what, well, let's examine uh, what influences their choices. You see, it's, it's funny in, in basic psychology 101, they tell you that behavior is influenced by something else. Mm-hmm. So, reaction to stimuli. Now, what is that stimuli that influenced the behavior? Mm. So, their choice is part of their behavior. What are the what are the stimuli that influence that behavior? Mm-hmm. But that, but see, that's too far thinking for a short visionary. Mm-hmm. To understand, fuck it. I am a man. I am responsible for this community. Whether I made the mistakes or not, I inherited it. The people that uh, are in this community with me, they inherited, they did not create their situation. And so because I am a man, I must take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. You see, this is why I disagree with people like so-called alpha male strategies and uh, Steve, Steve the Dean, Steve the Bean. <laughs> yo, he, yo, you know what? <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Steve. He's been catching hell lately. I noticed that, like, um, one video that was like in the comment section. Oh my God! You would have thought if you went and read that comment section, you would have thought like you could literally picture everybody in that comment section gathering up the pitchforks and the torches, like they calling for that nigga's uh freaking resignation. <laughs> like a congressman caught up in a damn scandal. They like, yo, man. I don't know what it is, man, but you need to get rid of this dude, Steve. Like, I was like, God damn. <laughs> I said, yo, man, that shit is crazy. They they after him, though. I said, damn. And then you got old boy over there. Uh, Alpha male strategies cooking. <laughs> it's well, yeah, even, alpha male, even alpha male strategies, you know. Um, the, the thing is, is that these are all your children. <laughs> You know, and, and and if you cannot think any further than your penis, mm-hmm. you see, the thing is, the idea is, is you create the better community so that you'll have the luxury of doing what you want as far as your pick of women. Yeah. yeah. This is why cert, certain men in the community, especially a Pookie and a Ray Ray, see, they subconsciously understand this on some level, which is why they have no problem, you know, living under a, another woman's roof and then putting up with her shit. Mm-hmm. So as long as is is he he's, he does what he's told, but even that um, you know that we call you know simpish mm-hmm. uh, on some on some level that's still carrying out the biological imperative of being a man. Yeah, yeah. To understand that there needs to be a man in the house, mm-hmm. he stays. Yeah, yeah. And that's and and, and that that honorable, noble, and thankless task. He understands, even though he's getting uh, some benefit. You know, he's you know he's laying up, he's eating all the kids' cereal. He, you know, he's fucking, he, 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 eating them eating them goldfish. Know. What's going on, brother Xavier? 
What's good? <laughs> oh, trying to be quiet while brothers really was talking, but that was funny. <laughs> Eating them goldfish. But, but yeah, Pookie and Ray Ray understand this on some subconscious level. Mm. That's why everyone that you talk to, we, you know, uh, we go to the, the boys' homes and the prisons, and you know, we talk to the brothers. They always have the same story. Like if I only had another option. Mm-hmm. You see, so they under they understand that their actions were. Uh, deplorable, but the, the the issue is not the fact that their actions is their, you know, the situation that influenced those actions. Yeah. If you gave them another situation, they wouldn't be going through those actions. Nope. Nope. They they would they would take what's they take what's available to them. You know they they they, they and see that's the biggest thing they take what's available to them and, you know when when a brother. When a black man who's in, in, in a messed up situation, when he won't take a shitty job, that's called laziness. You know, when, when, a, when a white guy won't take a shitty job, it, it's called having standards. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Like, when a white guy says, I'm not working at Burger King, it's like, wow, he really has some standards. Like, he's going to stick it out and just tough it out until he can find the right job. You know, but if a brother said, man, I'm not working at Burger King, what's the matter with you? You too good for Burger King, nigga? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I get yeah. it. And I get it, you know, if a dude, if he doesn't have nothing available to make any money, you got to take what he can take. But I, I just found that interesting. <laughs> well, go ahead, bro. But yeah, so so when you're operating as a man, you have understanding that uh, your community is a priority. And, the, and therefore, all of the children of the community belong to you, mm-hmm. whether directly or, or indirectly. Mm-hmm. They're still your responsibility because guess what? Uh, the the dominant society still views you as part of the community as one big Negro. Mm-hmm. And so therefore it is either your responsibility to straighten that community out or to, you know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> See, you about to get, you about to get in the world of shit now, Cerulean, cause you know, you know, we got at least, uh, there is no Negro. There is no. There is no Negro, sane or otherwise, that can actually defeat that uh, uh, preposition. No, of course not. But but you know they're gonna try. You know there's at oh, least. of course there is. You know there's always a, comers. There's at least five <laughs> dudes. There's at least five on a regular basis. They they're gonna be lurking at night too. There's at least five of them. They will quickly say, well, you know, it shouldn't be my responsibility. Uh, I'm not the clean up man. Come on, hold up, hold up. How, how, okay, if it's not your responsibility, then whose is it? Mm. Good question. Oh, so, so, so if, is it, is it, or is it not your community? Is it not the black community? Are you not black? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take the, uh, you know, the volcanic rock that's no longer hot approach, in which you say you are an American, then you should just shut the fuck up and uh, focus on American issues, not black issues. True. True. What was you going to say, Brother Xavier? <laughs> He's going to ask oh, him. I was, 
No, I was going to say, um, because you know I'm always in line with Brother Cerulean. I'm actually sitting here writing this shit down, because every time Brother Cerulean talk, I got to pull out a damn pen and a pad and shit. <laughs> and, uh, and I agree. I mean, you know, we got a bunch of brothers who, you know, and I'm one of those brothers myself. You know, we, you know, on, on the neighborhoods and baby mamas and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if if you if you feel you're in a position to opinionate you should at least be trying to do something you know to contribute to whatever problem you say there is you should be contributing to the attack of that problem oh yeah um, i don't know i mean that's just my position i mean the night that i had brother cerulean on my show i was telling him that you know i run a shop and all i hire is uh, pookie and ray rays do i talk shit about them yeah but when you come to my shop that's who you'll see walking around me a bunch of pookies and ray rays god damn it so i mean i talk shit to them too but i will get a black ass a job at the same time and and guess and guess what you know the interesting thing about that brother x is that that job that you gave them that day, if they had not gotten that money that day, no telling what they'd have been doing. Mm-hmm. They've been out here looking oh, for exactly. some up. Probably exactly. robbing another brother. Probably picking up that pack, end up in jail, you'd have never met them for that job. Well, that's, that's why I do it, because, you know, uh, many people have given me chances, and anybody that knows me and knows me down here in the Queen City, you know, because pretty well known in the Queen City because of what I do. I work for a lot of contractors, you know, and electrical companies and plumbers and things like that. They all know me. They know I've never hired anyone set brothers. I don't, you won't see no Mexicans here. You won't see no white boys here. You won't see no Asians here. You just won't see them. Mm-hmm. That's all you see. I have an all brother crew, you know, and like I've always said, I mean, I've had one or two me and they either stole something or or did some shit they wasn't supposed to do and I fired their ass but uh, for the most part I mean I haven't had any problems with the with the so called pool loves and boogaloos whoever you want to call them I mean I got one he's been working for me for like three years you know he's a straight Ray Ray you know with the (laughs) the Ray Ray accent in the whole nine he's like (laughs) best worker that I've ever had. Never had a problem with him. Shows up on time. Do the shit he's supposed to do. I can even trust him with my damn truck. So, mm. you know, I mean. And see, that's, we, that's the thing right there. We have there. to get away from that. And see, that's the thing right there. With that, with that brother, you know what I'm saying? He probably went a bunch of places and they wouldn't give him a job. Yeah, he told me that. Uh, he told me that. Oh, bro, trust me. I know. <laughs> I know because I've been one of the brothers. Like, I, yo, I've been one of the brothers who will go to interview after interview after interview after interview in a in a suit and tie, you know, and conduct myself in the most professional manner. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, as a black man, getting a job, impressing them people in a job interview, it's it's an uphill battle. You know, very rarely, like, I'm going to tell you how bad it is. It's so bad when I was in the job market that when I went to a job interview and they said, oh, well, when can you start? I was surprised. Every time, every single time they have said to me, when can you start? I was fucking surprised. And i tell you something else. If I go to a job interview and it's a three interview joint, 
meaning they're going to give you the phone interview first, then you, then you go in for for uh, face-to-face, and then you come back for a second face-to-face. I already know I'm not getting that job. If there's three interviews, I'm not getting that job. Now, I don't know if there's any brothers out here who have had a three-interview joint and they got the job. I, I don't know. I guess I wasn't Carlton Banks enough, but I don't know what it was. But them three interview jobs, like, oh, my God. Like, I tried to get a job at uh, Fidelity Investments, um, not the actual little individual shops, but the, the corporate office. Man, I passed the freaking phone interview, went in for the freaking job interview, thought I impressed them, and they never called me for a third interview. You know? Yeah. It probably wasn't that you wasn't uh, Carlton Banks enough. You probably wasn't Don Lemon enough. That too. I thought about that. Yeah, you wasn't Don. You know, they. I noticed down here with with a lot of these places, you know, because I'm in and out of a lot of places, banks and things like of that nature. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the brothers down here who have like those jobs, they're more of the effeminate, you know, kind of suspect on the fence homosexual kind of vibe kind of brothers those are the brothers that you see mostly where i am Mm -hmm. with those kind of jobs um down here if you if you happen to be you know a heterosexual man you know and you you kind of show that in the way you walk and talk and how you carry yourself you're less likely to find yourself inside like a corporate office you know you probably have to go a little more blue collar i mean of course there's some exceptions but i mean where i am i mean you know you go you walk into an office building i mean you see women and you see brothers who wish they were women i mean Mm. that's what you mostly see so if you if you walk into a place and you know a brother like you you know with that alpha male kind of aura they done they done not hired you before you even uh walk to the front desk mm. you know your 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 damn uh your application is virtually in the shredder already as yeah. soon as you walk in there you know yeah. so I mean, and I've, I've had brothers come to me and say that. I mean, I've had brothers come work for me. They've been to jail and all that kind of stuff. And you know what, man, I've I've grown to learn that you cannot judge people by their past. You know, you you have to help them kind of build their future yeah. at, at some point, you know, and that's what I try to do for brothers. I try to help them uh, build their future. Now, if they come and they bring their past into my damn shop, they the hell out. But, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I try to help brothers build their future, man. I think that's, that's, I'm in a position where I can do that. Uh So I try to, I try to do it. I mean, it's not a lot, but I do what I can, man. And I try to look out for the brothers as much as I can, man. I really do, you know, to, to my, uh, at times, because like I said, I have had some brothers, you know, steal equipment, you know, freaking don't show up to work. They get paid on Friday. They want they want an advance come the following Monday. You know, you get that <laughs> shit, too. It's all part of running the business. But, uh, you know, for the most part. Guys that I've hired over the course of maybe three, four years, I, I haven't had any problems with him. Told you I got one guy. He works for me every year. I've never had a problem with him. Like I said, he's straight Ray Ray. He got the Ray Ray accent in the whole nine. But that's my, <laughs> but that's my man, though. And I will be calling his ass in about three weeks, as a matter of fact. <laughs> straight jacket. Well, yeah. So, I mean, we got to stop judging people, man. Stop doing that. Well, yeah, like, you know, and it's just like Cerulean 
says like you know i'm i'm not gonna front anytime i'm on a hangout and cerulean jumps on the hangout with me i'm like cool because you know there's always on the internet what i've noticed is there's a lot of brothers who don't want to give black men the benefit of the doubt nope they they just don't zero they just look at brothers. They look at brothers through the, in my personal opinion, they look at brothers through the spectrum of white supremacy. Where it's like, well, if a brother is a Ray Ray or a Pookie, he ain't hitting on shit. And, and, the, and the further step that they won't come out and say is, well, they should just lock him up. You know, this is well, why- basically what it is is how the person sees the the black man on the outside. Outside, they don't see what's on the inside. Like, ask them, "Hey, how's your day? Uh, can we uh, shake hands and meet each other?" They don't see the good inside them. They just see the bad. Well, yeah, yeah, and you know, the thing about it is when you when you have that mentality. It's like why do you why do you think that why do you think that won't cut back your way? You know, like all you are is one mistake away from being considered a Pookie or a Ray Ray. Because all it takes is for you to get into one little one little bit of trouble. Then- well, it's it's, be, it's because uh, these people, man, they're they are uh, short visionaries. Um, it was they don't understand how a city or a state or a country is actually ran, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they think everything is just everything. There's there is nobody out to, uh, you know, consolidate power from you, you know, or, or, or strip you of any political power that you already have. Mm-hmm. There's nobody out there doing that. There, you you have no excuse for failure. Mm. You know, as if poverty is an excuse, right? Mm. Poverty is a condition, and it's a result of capitalism. The only way that uh, capitalism and uh, racism, which go hand in hand, can can thrive, is if you have racism. Mm-hmm. And the only 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 purpose for racism is to elevate one group over another and say this group is is better, and therefore this other group is going to be relegated to being our footstools. Mm-hmm. Our, our our pack horses, right? Um, and as a result, you keep these people uh, impoverished, just making just enough so that they can barely survive and participate in your economy. Mm-hmm. So you make sure that they don't gain enough wealth so that they actually leave <laughs> and yeah. stop participating. Yeah. You see, is if they leave and stop participating, you don't have a country. Mm. If they leave and stop participating, your 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 city fails. This is what happened with Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, because you don't have a tax base, which means you don't have anybody. You don't have an exploitable population to do your work for you. And then what happens as a result is you have uh, entire communities that are impoverished and forced into the criminal underworld. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and if they and if they won't go to the criminal underworld willingly, you'll just you just label them all criminals through your uh, mainstream media arm, in which you uh, use your coded language like thug. Yeah, you know, for instance, a little thug life, baby. I'm hopeless. <laughs> and like like Brother Valdez said, I mean, shit, man. All of us, we only a one bad decision, man, from finding ourselves. In, in a similar predicament, just one. you know. Well, it's even one. worse than that. If you if you if you watch that that show, American Gods. Yeah. yeah. Um. There was the there there was one of my favorite scenes is when uh, Sarah Nancy. He's on the boat and he's explaining to those captured slaves mm-hmm. that uh, black is the nice name they call you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He said, so what you do is you go up there and you slit those Dutch motherfuckers' throats and you like this ship on fire. <laughs> and you had the one coon nigga saying, but if we like the ship on fire, we're all going to die. He said, you dead already, <laughs> asshole. Dead already, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he told him, he said, he said, yo, he said, he said, now this guy gets it. He's angry. <laughs> He said, I angry like gets angry. Done. Angry gets shit done. <laughs> he said, 200 years. You're fucked. 200 years after that, still fucked. <laughs> like, yo, he, yo, that was one of the most, yo, that was one of the most prolific speeches I have ever heard on TV. Aside from the fact that they had the nerve to put a black god on TV. Yeah. That speech. Whew. Yeah, you know, Sir Nancy was a clean motherfucker, you know, because Sir Nancy in the Akan is the god of the silks mm-hmm. and the linens, mm-hmm. the Spider Man. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yo, that <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said the only saving grace is that the tobacco you gonna farm is gonna give a shitload of these crackers kids cancer. <laughs> god damn, this nigga's a beast. If all for what? For a fucking purple shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That that joint that joint is yo, I'm I'm waiting for the next season of that joint. You know what I'm saying? Because I wanna I wanna see them play more roles in it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, as a as a matter of fact, those um uh, interesting um like I, I just finished watching Pinky Blinders, and I'm I'm kind of pissed off because uh, there's no season five. I'm like, I should have never watched this shit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, because Pinky Blinders is actually based on a real uh, Birmingham gang. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now it's, it's 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 interesting. There was um, uh, if you look up uh, Pinky Blinders, it, it, matter of fact, you could look up on uh. Uh, CDC or any one of the other uh, governmental ABC agencies. Mm-hmm. And they actually make a direct correlation to crime and poverty. Oh, yeah. Crime being the, the, the number one influencer of crime is always poverty. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have some unintelligible asshat like Obsidian like ABL, that's just an excuse. I've been, I've been poor, you know, or Cooney Haywood, or uh, Corey Haywood. <laughs> I've been calling this nigga Cooney Haywood. <laughs> that name stuck in my mind. 
What did he say? It said, oh, well, uh, I've been poor and I never uh, did this to to my to my brother and and all this great. So 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 you got through the game, the first part of the game, if you will, uh, with your morality intact. Mm-hmm. Bravo, bravo. Because you played the game honest. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. Let, let's give you a round of applause and a pat on the back. See, here's my thing with that. <laughs> here's my thing with that. I've made no I've made no freaking apologies. Like I feel you remember the scene on The Godfather where Vito is passing down power to Michael and he says I don't apologize for my life. I don't apologize to take care of my family. And I refuse to be, you know, uh, uh, a puppet on the string to those big shots. <laughs> right. That's and, my... and, and, it's, and, it's so, and it's so funny because in, in that Peaky Blinders, there was a scene where he was talking to the socialist, uh, the, the socialist communist chick yeah. at the... Uh, at the table and, and she tells him like because of your class I'm sure that you've already seen that no matter how much money that you get you'll never be uh, able to get through those doors you'll never be one of them you'll never be one of them because he they're, they're, they're gypsies they're basically white niggas and and you know there's a scene I, I put it in the I put it at the beginning of a video but I had to cut the scene because they hit me with, you know, the copyright shit. So I had to take the scene out, but there's a scene where he's standing there talking, where he's giving them all the money at the end of season, I think season two and he's paying them. And she's like, she's like, no. And he's like, what? He's like, this is all I can give you for what you do for me, for your hearts, for your souls. He said, yep. he said, but there's nothing like, he basically told him, look, we're, we're no, we're no worse than those bastards out there that are rich and powerful. He said, no matter what we do, no matter how high we climb, they are never going to admit us to their palaces. And as a matter of fact, he said that those, those bastards were a great deal worse than they were. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's why, that's why you can't play the, now, if you want to be a decent person for decency's sake, that's one thing. But you can't see this this premise that uh, uh, Obsidian tries to come with. But that's also a fallacy. If you remember in uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you remember Game of Thrones, um, the Stark family, for instance. Yeah. And Kevin just mentioned this in the chat. Yeah. The Stark family stood on this moral pedestal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... But the the Stark patriarch lo- lost his head. Yep, being moral, being but even, moral. But even worse than that, even worse than that, because the fucking king, which was what, what was the king's name at the time? Um, the one that died right before that happened. Um, Stark's uh, homeboy. Uh, I can't remember his name, but oh, Baratheon. Baratheon, Robert Baratheon. When Ned, when Nedard Stark and Robert Baratheon started that revolution, and um, Jamie Lannister actually killed the the Mad King, Robert Baratheon said it. He said, 
You could have been the king. All you would have had to do was sit on the throne, just like I did. And he was like, well, you know, I didn't. He was always on that. Ned was always on that humble shit. And when you sit there and you look at it, it's honorable. You know, you look at it, you're like, wow, that's honorable. But I'd rather keep my damn head. You know what I'm saying? What's going on? What's going on? Who's that, Kev? What's going on, Kev? Yeah, what's going on, Kevin? Brother Samuels, what's going, what's going on? on what's going on? What's going on? Um, no, I was in the in the chat. Kendra, at, I made some comments about image and playing and playing the game and getting into corporate America. Mm-hmm. I came in on the tail end of the conversation. Um, and with regards to, I, I remember you talking. I, I heard you say something about the three interviews. What was the whole premise? That, um. The I don't know what it is with me, but every time I've went on a three interview job interview, uh-huh. I I've never gotten called for that third interview. Never. I, and and I interview and and before you before you say anything, Kevin, before you say anything, uh-huh. I interview extremely well. I, I yeah I, yeah. I haven't yet to figure out what it is like, and and for everybody watching. I know you guys are going to have some difficulty with this. Don't picture the angry man right now. Picture the angry man in a, in a nice, you know, in a nice suit, clean cut, clean shaven. You know what I'm saying? Uh, tie with tie, tie with the winds. Let, let me let no, me tell you. Let me tell you about this. No, hold you know. let me just say this. No, no loud colors. I had a plain <clears throat> shirt. I had conservative colors on. You know what I'm saying? Nothing, no, nothing bulgy in my pockets and stuff like, you know, watch on, pin, everything that you're supposed to have for an interview. You know what I'm saying? Well, go ahead, Kev. The, the reason this is where we really start losing because we weren't trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, us not knowing the game ahead of time. You know, my background being that... You want the salami today? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I've sat, I've had positions in companies where I actually had to go through a 12 interview process. Damn. When you work with AT&T, I don't know if you've ever seen these things called a batch interview. Kind of like, think back to the movie Boiler Room, mm-hmm. where the uh, Giovanni Rabisi character thought he was interviewing one-on-one and Ben Affleck came in. Mm. Yeah, you come in and you sit in a room, there are eight people and there's a panel of people interviewing you. They're like 15 people talking to eight people. Mm -hmm. The reason, in order to get through a multiple interview process, a lot of us have never been trained. We don't don't get trained on how to pass these things. Most of us are trained for blue-collar jobs. Go go to the job, interview with the manager. They like you. They offer you the job the next day. This is like, you know, going to grad school, and, and and getting a doctorate because you, in order to move up in some of these companies, 
multiple interviews are just the way. So I have clients that come to me. A lot of my, I have multiple clients who come to me for this exact thing. And my black male clients get hired at a higher rate than my white client. Now, I will, I will say this, bro. I will say this. Nobody, I didn't go to anybody for any training. I literally, mm-hmm. I literally had to teach myself from the information that I could find. So I will say so, that. I will admit that. So imagine what would happen if you, if you had could go back, you had already read the 48 Laws of Power, you had had the information you had access to before you had these interviews. You'd have landed a lot more of them. Mm. So this is why you, you end up with fewer men because we as, we as black folks, I call us, the, we're like the Starks. We like to keep it real and we're going to be Ned Stark. We're not going to take power. We're going to tell fucking Cersei all of our plans and allow her, allow her to cut our head off and all this stupid shit because <laughs> we got to keep it real and we got to, we, we're going to die and decide to not play the game while other folks are playing the game. Look, these companies are looking for the best and brightest people. And a lot of times people who interview well get these jobs and there's shit in the jobs. And you end up working for me. Like, how does this dude get this job? He sucks. Mm-hmm. But he he but he went and did the interview prep. He paid the five hundred dollars to learn how to interview, how to write a resume. He he paid a professional resume written. He went and took a professional headshot. He fucking worked with an image consultant like me and I and I told him how to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we gotta start getting to as 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 men. We kind of just understand the game is out there and we're in it. We're in the game whether we don't want to. And black folks, we losing the game like to start. Mm. As far as, damn sure as far as the image. Mm. But yeah. the thing is, we know this stuff, though. We oh, know yeah. it. We know that image counts. We know that image is important. We just don't like the fact that I heard somebody said earlier today, talk, when we were talking about playing the game, they were talking about Monique, she talking about Hollywood and Hollywood and the game. Do said, man, we've been playing the game for 400 years, man. When is it going to be? Man, it's, not, it's time out for playing the game. I'm like, motherfucker, the game is never over. Yeah, it, the game we, don't quit. Black folks, we want, we want, we, a lot of us res- resent the fact that we got to play it. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to. We've gone through so much shit. We went through slavery and Jim Crow and this and that and civil rights. I shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Well, the people who we're competing against coming over here from uh, China, uh, Nigeria, Kenya, Ethiopia, these folks don't care about how we feel about playing the game. As a matter of fact, they like it that we don't play the game because it makes it easier because they can hire somebody from Africa that looks like you you still a black male face mm-hmm. and they get everything they want and a willing participant. So what do we end up doing? We like, we standing outside the party, shaking our hand and people saying, man, fuck them. I didn't want to go to that party. No way. Oh, motherfuckers. <laughs> party is probably going to be whack. While everybody else in there is partying, having a good time, something and so forth. But we kept the shit real. <laughs> and we, and we stay at the bottom and then, complain about the white man and such and so forth, blah, 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 how we can't create opportunities when the first thing and the most controllable thing every man has is his own image. You have 100% control of how you walk your ass out of your house every day. Mm. And because we don't take advantage of that, 
we dudes would rather cuss me out, call me a simp, sell out, and all these other kind of things. Because I say, put up the Jordans, put on some shoes. Mm-hmm. Dudes unsubscribed, unpatreon, all sort of kind of stuff. I'm like, dude, you're not hurting me. You're, you're not, I mean, you're not hurting me. But hey. I, I say, what other group of men, 30 plus years old, are fighting for their right to wear Jordan? Mm. Shooting and killing for this shit. You go in to compete against Akbar, Tom Juan, Billy Bob, uh, whomever, they are looking for the best candidate. And if you go in and you use your image as the tool, you will find. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. The major, the majority of jobs I've ever gone out for, multiple interview process, and all this, I, I land them. I've landed, I land about seventy five to eighty percent of the jobs I've gone in. Mm. I expected to get the job so much so that I was nego- and that was a learned skill. Yeah, we've talked about how I've moved up further and gone. I moved up further and, and gone farther. I went from a call working in a call center for MCI telecommunication in, in, in uh, August of 1997 in Austin, in uh, Sugar Land, Texas, mm-hmm. to working on Wall Street in New York City. Mm. Three years later, 5X my income. Mm. And a lot of people that I work with in their calls, one had just got promoted to supervisor. I went from, I didn't just take, I, I, I went from call center interview for an outside sales job. You've been an outside sales. Mm-hmm. I took the hardest path. I went downtown. I used my image. I did what I needed to do, but I still was good at my job. I invested in myself. I went and hired additional training. I spent 5000 out of my own $40,000 salary to get better sales training. And I didn't do as much, but I made $75,000 the next year. I took 10000 of that $75,000 and got some Zig Ziglar training, and I made one hundred and twenty-five the next year. Mm. And I took some more money from that. I went back and got Dale Carnegie training on top of what the company did it, and I was up to over two fifty. You paid for You paid for Zig Ziglar training? On, I, yes, I paid for the additional certification. Shit. My company, they allowed, they they took, they sent us through DEI, Zig Ziglar. There are different trainings that AT&T, MCI, uh, WorldCom would send you through. Mm-hmm. But after they gave you the initial training to get you onto the, onto the, um, into the sales force, I was in training on my own on the weekend mm-hmm. because I want, because I can't make myself be white. I can't know what all those other guys knew. I can't duplicate myself. All, what I can do is I can get more out of my time. So if I'm knocking on 50 doors a day, if I increase my close ratio from 20% to 30%, I just gave myself a 50% rate. Mm. True. And we got to start thinking of ourselves like that. And, no. uh, and, and, and uh, each man is his own business. And the way we carry ourselves represents how we feel about ourselves and the validity of our own business. And we're not taking advantage of our own personal brand, so we can't expect people to treat us any different than we treat ourselves. So that's why I hammer this shit so hard, man, because it is the one thing guys can do. Well, let's, 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 let's make something crystal clear for everybody listening. What Kevin is talking about is having an edge. Now, everybody understands that 
black men, if you're a black man, you're at a bit of a disadvantage. So, of course, you're going to want to have whatever edge you can have. Now, me personally, what I did, I did what was available to me. So I basically went to Barnes and Noble. And when I noticed I wasn't getting job interviews initially, you Mm -hmm. know, I wasn't even getting in the door. I went and I read every single book I could read on writing resumes. I read every single book I could read on how to interview all of the different things. So I will say that that did help me. I got more positions than a lot of the guys that I know. I just wasn't able to break through that extra level. So what Kevin is trying to tell you guys is you got to kick out that money. You got to mm-hmm. kick out that money for, for, for professional help. You know what I'm saying? And, and not everybody can do the thing where you just go and learn it on your own. Everybody is not really, you know what I'm saying? Everybody can't be self-taught is what I'm trying to say. You know, when I first realized, because black folks, we're so used to having to, re- to, to do everything on our own. You mm-hmm. said the first thing. You realized that there was a problem and you got up for your ass and you went and got a book. Mm-hmm. You, you, so you went looking for a solution because you recognized the problem had to be fixable. Yeah. You didn't say, man, fuck white people, this white supremacy, I can't get ahead. You're like, wait a minute, there's something that I'm not doing. So you already set yourself apart from the crowd. Yeah. If you would have ran across uh, Preston like I did, Preston, I said, well, how the hell are you getting these jobs, Preston? Well, we, we took interview prep when we were in college at SMU. What is interview prep? That's when they put you through mock interviews and simulations. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, our <laughs> business school taught us this. Huh? Mm-hmm. This was part of your college training? Yeah, we simulated interviews mm-hmm. for years. Resume writing, the business school, you get letters of recommendation. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't get taught that in school. He mm-hmm. got That was part of his college education and his daddy's legacy and all this other shit. So had you run across your version of Preston, you may have said, you know what? Fuck it. Because Preston was, was nowhere nearly as good as I was. He just looked really good and he can interview well. Yeah. So yeah. when I said, well, fuck it. If he can do it, I can too. I went out and tried to figure out what he did. I said, I couldn't go do interview prep at SMU, but I can go do it on my own. And mm-hmm. that was the unlock. So I, I, I suggest to any man, if you want to get something, realize that if anybody if there's another black man that's ever gotten there you can too well what does he know that you don't know we'll see and and i was talking about this earlier with uh earlier in the show and i mentioned this to cerulean um i plugged you guys earlier i said right now with everything that's going on with with the way the society is these young dudes don't have any guidance whatsoever on what they need to do. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have Kevin over there, you know, uh, who's an image consultant, who's giving away, a, who's actually providing a lot of good information. I said, and then on top of that, now you have Kevin and Donovan Sharp, who've made mm-hmm. the Sharp image, which is, you know, game and image. I said, even, even the young dude... Uh, I said, you have Jap over there giving away game, you know what I'm saying, putting cats on, because he's actually out in the dating world, like, really, really in, like, in the grit of it, you know, so, mm-hmm. but then you have, I said, you even had a young dude, Alpha Male Strategies, who, you know, I don't agree with some of the things he says, but when he talks about working out, when he talks about 
uh, uh, changing your image, when he talks about being on point as far as certain stuff, you know, you have this small sector of YouTube, which is what we call the black manosphere, the small sector. And within this small sector, there's only like a handful of dudes that's really giving guys bankable information, like information that they can actually take and, and, and change their life with it. And I said, there's one thing that's missing too. And I said, I'm going to start doing a series of videos on, uh, man lessons. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. one of the things that you just said is, is, is a man lesson. When you're in a situation where you don't know how to do something, you're supposed to figure out who you can go to that's going to well, provide let's be, that information. Let's be real. If, that's, if, if we were in a situation, who, what would you have normally do? You'd have went and asked your pops. Yeah. Hey, pop. Yeah. You'd have went and asked your dad. Hey, dad, I'm trying to get ahead on the job. Because your dad, this is what a lot of these cats have already. Their dads had already worked in corporate America. We are the first generation of business. We are, we are damn near turn of the center. They are three or four generations ahead of us. Mm. So it's like their fathers and their father's fathers, like Gary V. Gary V, as dynamic as he is, he still came from an immigrant father who ran a $3 million wine business who he grew to $60 million. But mm-hmm. the fact is he had it. Yeah. He, he wasn't on the job. On. Had and he could take... On. Go ahead. He had something he could build on. He had a foundation. Right. And for anybody who's, uh, you know, I'm going to just say this. Uh, and for those of you who don't seem to re- put your angry man's level of sales experience and knowledge on par with mine because it sounds more luxurious and corporate. Let me tell you something. When I first started talking to him, all he had to say was he sold Kirby's door to door. Let me tell you, as far as sales go, there are two, there there are two, when you want to be like the green beret, the seal team six of sales, the kick ass (laughs) dudes of sales, there are two, sales people you always want to hire a successful copy salesperson mm-hmm. or a successful door-to-door vacuum sales people person mm-hmm. if those if people could do those two careers those motherfuckers can juggle lava the yeah. hardest sales jobs on the planet and you did it without even any corporate sales training yeah. so because uh-huh. people because you don't have the dale carnegie and zig ziglar and all that shit I know what when I used to hire salespeople, I would look for copy salespeople or door-to-door vacuum salespeople because that is fucking the worst bullshit. Well, well, you know what? Mm. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The 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 corporate the environment of of where I where my Kirby office was. I I had a mentor who ran that office, uh, Mitch Cesar. And to this day, if you mention his name to anybody that sells Kirby's, he's a rock star. They're going to know immediately who you're talking about. In fact, mm-hmm. I bought I recently bought a Kirby last year and I got a discount because I told the dude that I worked under Mitch. He's like, what? Hmm. You worked under Mitch? He's like, yeah, dude gave me a discount. But just because of that. And we had this environment where. You know, Mitch Cesar, originally from the islands, but from Brooklyn. This dude used to sell Kirby's when they didn't have Kirby offices. He would just put the freaking Kirby in the back of his car and drive around New York and knock on doors. Mm -hmm. And this dude had an environment. You go in the morning meeting, he would have something 
You know, he would play Walk Like a Champion by freaking, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. awesome meetings. Pumped up and shit. Pumped up. Then we would get in the freaking van to go out, and we didn't listen to, we didn't listen to no music. The only thing we listened to while we were in that van was Zig Ziglar. Yeah, motivational shit. Yeah, like, yep. th- you know, I have so much Zig Ziglar compressed in my mm-hmm. mind. It's ridiculous, you know. So, but, so when you talk about that man law stuff, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean the man. That's the I'm writing my ebook. It's the it's the it's the boy to men. It's boys to men is the is the theme. It's a manual for what you need to know at each step in life. I mm-hmm. want it to be passed on from father to son, or or man to or, or male to mentee. Basically, give them a handbook of shit you need to know. You need to know how to tie a tie. You need to know how to do this. You need to do that by this age. Give you a guy a dude hand. As far as being in sales, sales is the one career I wish more black men would get in mm-hmm. because you can you can fuck the, the color line and go away. Yeah, you, yeah. That's you, the only you can. That's the only can, reason. Uh, uh, that's the only reason I love sales so much because. Mm-hmm. There's no ceiling on it. There's no the color line can it. go away. The, the education line can go away. The in telecom, the major seventy percent of the people that were in the Ivory Tower did not have a bachelor's degree. Mm. They all, I mean, thirty percent did to be like CFO things like that. Mm-hmm. Tony Perella was the senior, the the highest ranking person. In, he he had an associate. You mm-hmm. know why? Because he came out and was an entrepreneur at first. In sales, it does not matter if you went to Princeton or University of Phoenix or if you sold Kirby's door to door. On fucking Monday, your quota is zero. What do you bring in at the end of the month? I don't care how you get it in as long as it's legitimate and it builds. Mm-hmm. You can, and if more men learned how to become salespeople, whether it was selling Kirby's or advertising or YouTube or whatever, or, or, or landscaping or becoming a painter, you will always need sales in any, any organization, any company, any business. It's a transferable skill. You will always eat, always be successful. One of the best things I ever did was falling backwards into sales because it taught me that I'm, I can, it's the, it's almost like the advantages white dudes have mm-hmm. were nullified. They were completely nullified. Yeah, because it's about it's right. about performance. Right. It's about what you know, and and even um, you know, even brother Xavier who owns his own business, you know, what I'm saying, he knows like that shit is a that shit is a game changer when you when mm-hmm. you when you are because you know technically if you if you have your own business, you know, technically you are in sales because you have to get contracts, right. you have to get things of that oh, nature. Yeah. So, well, trust me, I have uh. I have my um, grandkids. I mean, I'm actually old enough to have grandkids. <laughs> and, um, yeah, actually old enough to have those. That's a good and, thing. Uh, that's a good thing for a black man. That's, that's a blessing. Oh, yeah. That's One blessing. of them are 12, and Shorty is 10. And they are actually my little uh, salespeople. I actually drive them around. I give, <laughs> um, yeah, I give them a handful of pamphlets. You know, I pay them like 20 mm-hmm. bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get my handful of pamphlets and I just drive along with them with the car and mm-hmm. they go and, you know, they go up to people that they see outside and, they, you know, they put the pamphlets on their doors and, you know, they little kids. So, yeah. you know, they little cute kids, they run up. So people take the pamphlets. And let me tell you something. I, out of them doing that over the course of, say, 
I'll probably get them to hand out about 200 to 300 pamphlets. Mm-hmm. I don't get 300 I don't get 300 lines of business or contracts from that, but I do get about five or 10. Yeah, there you go. That sounds about well right. worth it. That sounds about yeah. right. Um, well yeah, worth it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Whenever you, um, you know, I, did, I was always taught, you know, you you not you get you get ten no's before you can even think to expect oh, yeah. a yes. You know. Yeah, my job starts when you say no. Yeah, I woke up every day hoping to knowing that forty five people were going to tell me no. Just mm-hmm. to get five people to say yes or maybe to talking to me, mm-hmm. that level of rejection builds your confidence up so much. I'm, I'm, I'm my battery's about to run down, but I will say this: for any for any man that's listening, understand being in sales is in any form is a is a way to be the captain of your own fate and a master of your own soul. And if there and it's, and one thing you Valdez said is when he couldn't get through the interviews, he went and looked for a solution. There mm-hmm. is a solution out there, and it's a solution that's basically going to require you to do some self-improvement and invest in yourself, but you are, you are your own best investment always because you always reap return. Mm-hmm. That's the, and that, people want to guarantee, I guarantee you this. You get out of life what you put into it, and the best thing you can put something into is you. I'm going to holler back, fellas. Appreciate it. All right, Kev. I'll let you later, bro. All right, Kev. Peace out. I think a I think a lot of times though, um, out of us we haven't been we haven't really been groomed or indoctrinated to seek uh fortune, if you will. I mean, mm-hmm. we we just we just haven't because it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like uh, being at a nightclub. You know how a nightclub has certain nightclubs have a dress code. Yeah. And the people who aren't willing to adhere to the dress code, those are usually the people you don't want inside your damn club anyway. Mm-hmm. Standing outside telling you that this club ain't shit. So, I mean, we have to kind of look at it like that. I mean, I mean, you got to have, you have to have the, the drive and you have to have the ability, desire and interest say invest in yourself i mean you can't be a white man you can't be an asian man you can't be any of that but you can be the best you now yeah okay you can be the best you well you need you need nothing stopping you from doing that well you need an edge yep. you need an edge and and you know I, i've said this numerous times every everybody knows that you know in this country we already know what it is if, if you're a black man you know what it is um, especially if you're not one of, if you're not a magical Negro where you pretend like all of that doesn't exist, <laughs> a you, magical Negro, <laughs> yeah, like you, you know what it is. So because of the fact that you know what it is, you know, you have to have an edge, you know, you have to be, you know, 10 times better. You have to, if you want, if you want to, uh, be able to do certain things or accomplish certain things. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I wouldn't be able to do this YouTube channel if it wasn't for my sales experience. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I'm not even joking. I would not be able to run this thing the way I do it if it wasn't for that sales experience because of the simple fact that, you know, my main channel that I had 
before it got taken down. That channel was about 24,000 subs. And that channel was generating 50% of the revenue of a million sub channel. There was a channel that, uh, you know, the guys, they still have their channel. It's, it's, you know, it has like millions of subscribers and they were complaining that when the ad revenue uh, got cut short last year, that their, um, their actual revenue dropped and they put in the, they put how much their revenue was. And I said, oh, wow, I was making half of that. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't because of, of uh, uh, theirs was because they had so many people watching their channel and so many people viewing their videos. Mine was because of my hustle. Mine was because of me um, not only depending upon the, 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 the AdSense revenue, but also having other products, having, you know, products and services and, and, and carrying it the way I was carrying it. So I can honestly say I wouldn't have been able to do it at that level if it weren't for my sales experience. You know what I'm saying? That I got both in the street and from selling Kirby's door to door. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, like every, every single day that I deal with, you know, when I get on here, I, some, I use that sales experience in some type of way that hustle, that, that grind. Like even right now, like I got the little icons on here so that when people come on, everybody know who's talking. And I didn't think that you were going to come on brother Xavier. And I didn't think Kevin was going to come on. Well, I would have came on earlier, but you know, my old ass, I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. Freaking, <laughs> uh, brother Laquan had to write me a little, uh, a little tutorial oh, and let me know how the hell to get the hell on here. Cause I was like, man, I can't hear shit. <laughs> and he he was like, "Hold up, I'm gonna teach you." And he wrote me <laughs> he wrote me like a little tutorial. But and know, I was like, "Okay, okay, now I know what I'm doing." Yeah. So, but you know what's I would have been on here earlier. But you know what's funny when you came on, and then Kevin came on. I said, "Okay." So I got Photoshop open. So while y'all were talking, I'm over here making the icons and throwing them up there on the damn fly and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, all of the brothers out here that's listening. By the way, you guys need to go over there and check out what Kevin got going on um, on his channel and what he got going on on Donovan Sharp's channel because they're actually they actually put together some sort of course package or something like that that is uh, teaching brothers image and style and, and game and all of that. So you guys go check that out when you get a chance. Um, and definitely go check out Brother Xavier. Uh we gonna get we gonna get you over a thousand subs, brother Xavier. We, we, we yeah, gonna... man, holler, holler at me, man. Come come check out your boy, man. I um, and I'm not just you know putting up my usual dark Exodus you know stuff where I talk shit. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually putting up videos, you know, little simple fixes around the house. You know, mm. I just put one up uh, how to permanently uh, unclog a, a reoccurring uh, sink clog. So. You know, oh, every shit. week, so I'll be throwing, I'll be throwing little things up. You know, things that brothers may or may not know. You know, little little things that that'll save you a few coins. You know, and save you some time, and you know, you'll be happy. You know, little problem, little problem stuff. Bro, brother Xavier, they 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 don't know how to do any of that. 
let, let me let me just tell you from well, experience. That, that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they need that. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that's another part of, that's another key element to manhood that we're missing out in this day and age, which is there's a shitload of dudes that don't know how to fix nothing. They don't even know how to put shit together. Yeah. You know? So that that's definitely needed. Um, yeah, you guys definitely need to go over and check out Brother Xavier. Because aside from that, Brother Xavier got the freaking, yo, you've been cooking. You got your Wednesday show. Then you got the unicorns on Thursday and shit. And Always then, put them. Try to put up at least one video, you know, before two weeks run out. Okay. You know, okay. And I got the I got the X Explained series, which I'm rather proud of. God damn it. <laughs> you know, where I'm, where I'm looking out. The theme of it is looking out for the brothers so they can look out for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Word. I'll go over there and check out the X Explained series. You know, little simple fixes. I only got two videos up, you know, telling you how to uh, get your lawnmower started. I figure I would start with that being that I'm a power mechanic, you know, because I know brothers who may live in rural or suburban areas. They got a lawnmower. You know, they got to cut their grass and it's been sitting all winter. Mm-hmm. Come out, it won't start. Go over there and check out X Explained series and i show you step by step how to get that lawnmower started so you don't have to bring it to somebody like me because I'm going to charge the hell out your ass if you bring it to me. <laughs> Word. But, yo, I, you know what? I, I'm going to tell you a show that I'm, that I'm definitely going to do, and I think I'm going to do a live one. Um, now, I, I just added the, I added the blog talk again so people can call in. Um, so what I'm going to do is I want to do a show and this show is really going to piss a lot of people off. And, and, and I definitely want you to come through cerulean. Um, I want brother Xavier to come through if possible. Oh yes, but, absolutely. Uh, you know what the show going to be titled? <laughs> <laughs> the reason <laughs> why it's going to be the <laughs> reason why it is your responsibility to help your community. Hmm. We gonna Good do title, that. man. We gonna do that. We gonna do that. I, matter of fact, I might do that Monday. I might do that straight uh, Monday. Yep, tomorrow we gotta do the uh, Sunday cookout, but Monday I'm gonna do that shit. We we gonna talk that shit. We gonna piss some people off for real. This is this a few dudes that just uh, man they they own this magical Negro thing, man. They yeah. just uh, man, I'm not I'm not bailing out these bitches, man. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, bro. <laughs> it's not my responsibility bro it's just not I'm just not i'm sorry i got mine man you got to get yours like <laughs> like, like bro that, that's just too much pressure bro <laughs> oh man well are you a fucking man or a pregnant woman well, mm. maybe they maybe they can be convinced to, you know, do something. You know, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they don't want to, you know, be around baby mamas and their kids. I'll give them that. But, I mean, they should. I mean, I think that if we're going to talk shit, the, like I said earlier, if you're not going to try to contribute to the problem in any mm-hmm. sort of way, you're not allowed to talk shit about the problem. So if you're not going, if you're not going to contribute to the problem, stop talking shit about it. And see, that's, Just go away. And see, that's the thing. That That's the thing. Like, the dudes that completely sell out, like, say you have an individual who's like, well, I, I got my degree and, you know, I, I left the hood and I'm never going back there. And, you know, I have my, you know, uh, non-black wife. And, you know, those are outliers because 
traditionally, if you look at any of the statistics, black men usually get with black women, and for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Those little dudes are outliers. If they're not running around making it a point to shit on black people every chance they get, it's like, okay, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you said, uh-huh. Brother Xavier, like, I don't understand these dudes who don't want to be part of the community, but they want to constantly shit on the community. Like exactly, exactly. Like I shit yeah. on the like, like, uh, like our like our friend Cooney Haywood who was saying uh, <laughs> like, completely barbaric. Uh, the like, do you understand what Jim Crow was? Yeah. Like, and don't do you get... realize you only got out of Jim Crow in '58? Hmm. And it took a seven-year transition until 65, mm. which is when the LBJ uh, bill came into to, to play. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And see, don't get me wrong. I've, I've taken a fresh shit on, 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 on the community a couple of times behind some shit they be doing. I've went ham. I ain't even going to sit and act like I haven't. I've went pure motherfucking ham. But at the same time, nigga, you, you can catch me. If, if I go to VA and I go to a cookout with my homeboys, it, it's, it's in the projects. You can find me in the projects. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the same shit I will tell niggas on this channel, I will tell them niggas. Yo, man, y'all need to, y'all need to tighten up on that shit. Real talk. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, it's just like if you got a brother that's fucking up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can talk shit about my brother all day when he fucking up because he my brother. And, and I'm going to make sure he's straight. I'm going to make sure he, he good because it's out of love. You know what I'm saying? But I'd be damned if I let outside motherfuckers talk about my brother. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. you know, that's, that's what it is with, with these individuals. Like, if, you, if, you, if you've ostracized yourself from the community because that's what it is. If you've ostracized yourself, well, why are you talking about it? It's just like your boy. He he said he's an American. If you're an American, then talk about American crime. Talk about American problems. You know? If, if you're American yeah, first. And, that, and even in that instance, if you're saying you're an American, then isn't uh, black-on-black crime, in fact, American-on-American crime? So is it is it black people that have the problem, or is it America that has the problem? Damn. That boy is good. <laughs> Hey man, it's very true, man. Hey, I look. I don't know what to say about that, bro. <laughs> we gotta learn. We gotta learn to think before we speak, man. You know, as as black folks, I mean, with so much going on, you know, in the world, mm-hmm. especially black men, you know, we under assault like crazy, just like you know, just like men at large, and what's ever going on with men, you know, it's a hundred times worse for black men. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that stuff, man, we, we have to be cognizant of these things because in the long run, no matter what you have, no matter how much money you made, where you live, what kind of car you drive, you know, like Brother Cerulean always say, you will get your nigga wake up call. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're messing you're mess around and get your nigga wake up call now. Don't don't you know, it's just that brothers like us, you know, we. We get our wake up call uh pretty frequently, so we're, yeah. we're used to it. See, yeah. see, those brothers aren't used to it to the Negro wake up call. Yeah, it as of yet, they haven't gotten it. I, you know, I get. I, well, see, the thing is, is when I was a kid, see, my pops, 
gave me my nigga wake up call on a regular basis. Huh? <laughs> so, so I already knew what to expect when dealing with uh, other groups. Yo. You see what I'm saying? Like prepar- when, when, when Kevin was just talking about preparation, that's what I'm talking about. Look, I I get my I've gotten my nigga wake up call just just out at a restaurant eating dinner. <laughs> I get my I get my nigga wake up call on a regular basis, man. If I go to I was at a restaurant and I left my shades on the table and left and then turned around and came back because I remember I left them on the table. They had already seated somebody at the table. So I'm standing there trying to figure out did the waiter take the shades or did the people sit at the table take the shades? So I'm standing there asking the waiter about it and I'm starting to get upset. All of a sudden, the manager comes out and says, sir, if you don't leave, we're going to call the cops. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nigga. For those of you watching, in case you didn't know, that is a nigga wake up call. Absolutely. I had a, uh, let me tell you something. I just had a nigga wake up call not too long ago. I had, um, that's my wife. You know, my wife is uh, down at Aveda Academy Mm -hmm. every day. So I go down there, you know, I'm going to pick wifey up, take out the lunch to the buffet. I told her, I said, woman, I'm only spending like $25 on you today. So we're going to the, we're going to the buffet. Mm-hmm. So I take her down to the buffet, you know, and you know, most of the buffets down here, are, you know, Asian folks, yeah. Japanese, Chinese, Korean. So I take her inside the buffet. We sit there, we eat and buffet that we go to, you pay before you go in. Mm-hmm. Right. Pay your, you pay your money. Then you go in there and you eat your food. So I sat in there and my wife, we was in there for like, so, you know, we, we're done eating, so we head out. And we're walking to the car, and we get, because uh, we're like five rows, five rows of cars away from the buffet. Mm-hmm. And we're going to the car, and I'm getting ready to unlock the door so my wife can get in the car. And some Asian guy comes running, I mean, running Bruce Lee sprinting. Mm. Like, what the hell this dude? He's like, oh, sir, you know, pay, you know, pay. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, okay, buddy, we're going to march back in here. You know what's going to happen when we get in here? Mm. When I talk to this lady at the front desk, I'm going to cuss your Chinese ass out. <laughs> so we, we walk back in there. You know, my wife is like, oh, 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 ex, just be, I'm not a woman. Nope. And I'm like, do you remember seeing me, lady? And she said, yes, yes. He, before she could even get it out, I turned around. I said, let me tell you something. You knock off Bruce Lee looking motherfucker. <laughs> the, I, said, the next, I said, the next time you embarrass me like that in front of my wife again, I'm going to see how much martial arts your ass know out in that parking lot. And I, grabbed, and I grabbed my damn wife's hand and went on up out of there. And you know what? I ain't been back to that fucking place since either. And I actually liked the place. But after that, I was just done. They done gave me my nigga wake-up call. So I, I can't go there no more. Yeah, I feel you on that. That's just like the place I was at. I said I'd never go back there because I wanted to, man, I wanted to burn that motherfucker down over some shades, man. Because I knew I was in the right. Like somebody stole my shit and I want my shit. You know what I'm saying? But them niggas treated me like I was the criminal. I was getting ready as soon as she said, and I'm going to tell you something about me. That's a hot button with me, boy. 
When you say you're going to call the police, oh, now I'm going to really show my ass. I'm going to give you a reason to call them mother. My girl was like, come on, <laughs> come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm leaving. I was like, these motherfuckers, like, I wanted, man, if I could have drove the car into that restaurant, I would have done it. Like, I was heated. But, yeah, man, they, I, I done got my nigga wake up. I get my nigga wake up call on a regular. That shit is like a vitamin. <laughs> Get my shit on a daily basis, man. When I'm out and about in public, like I was out today, I went to the store, right? And um, there was a there was a uh, Indian lady, you know, like dot Indian Indian lady, right? She comes walking. She was walking into the store, and I'm walking behind her, and. It's not like I'm staring at her, but she's in front of me and I'm looking forward. So she stopped to do something. She turned around and looked. And when she seen me behind her, she was like, she kind of jumped like, oh my God, there's a Negro looking at me. I'm just sitting there like, really, lady? Like, really? Like, you, come on, man. If it's, if it's that serious, stay your ass in the house. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not, like, I hate that when I'm out in public and I'm walking somewhere and there'll be like a white lady or something and she'll look at me. And it's like she start. you can tell, you can see the body language, like they're starting to get nervous. And you're thinking in your mind, like, I'm not thinking about you. Like, I could care less what you got going on. Like, I, I don't care, lady. Like, just do what you're doing. Like, <laughs> if anything, I should be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> like, if anything, I should be the one nervous as soon as I see a white woman in my vicinity. Like, no, get away. Get away. I want you to try to say I did anything. <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of times in instances like that, mm -hmm. I think you're not just being you're not just being judged because you're black. A lot of times people look at us, especially us as black men, they think we black ass niggas. So, you know, they Yeah, they they, they have a tendency to judge you. You know, I get that a lot, you know, because you know, I'm a six foot two, two hundred and thirty-five pound black man. Mm. So, you know, if I, I walk into a place you know, they automatically, if I walk into a place, especially a place that's not really, if I'm the only black man in there, mm -hmm. I'm the only person in there being watched. Mm. Okay. I'm just the only person in there being watched. So I think at, I think they have a tendency to prejudge us based on the actions of others. I, I truly believe that that's not all the time, but I think sometimes that's what's going on. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Well, yo, we, let's see, we on the, we on the two hour, 30 minute mark. We about to get up out of here. Um, yo, I want to say, I appreciate all you guys in discord who jumped on and contributed to the conversation. Um, I'm about to log off of discord, but I will be back in there in a second. Soon as I close out, appreciate y'all. Like I said, uh, uh, brother Xavier, you got anything you want to plug, bro? Kevin could have plugged his shit, but he bounced too damn quick. <laughs> um yeah they can uh i just want everybody to come by the page you know stop by the old profit of thought series youtube page like share subscribe you know mm -hmm. share 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 my shit like you be sharing the uh 550 pound freaking uh fat lady twerking share my shit like that <laughs> um <laughs> share my shit the way you would share that <laughs> also, uh, hit me up on Instagram, WhatsApp, and we even have a Twitter now. So you can hit me up on Twitter at TPOT Media. That's at 
TPOT Media on Twitter. Just hit me up. Like I said, stop by, you know, check out the Dark Exodus series. Definitely check out Unicorn 4, TLOT, and X Explained series. Might be something in there that you need to learn, brother. So stop by and check it out. Cool, cool. All right, you guys. I'm going to holler at y'all in a second. Peace. 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 Okay, so... Yeah, like I said, man, y'all, yo, if y'all are not a part of Discord yet, y'all need to, y'all need to get on Discord, for real. Y'all need to get on Discord, y'all need to stop playing games. I'm gonna show y'all again how you can do it. I'm show y'all again how you can do it. Now, we have the phone lines now so people can call in, but if you want to be part of the panel and actually talk about the topics instead of just being a caller, you feel me? All you gotta do is go to the, uh homepage of my website of course you can see all my latest videos but scroll down and when you get right here you see this button all you gotta do is click on that button right there to become a member of discord you feel me and definitely go check out all you can subscribe to all of my channels and all of my media you feel me you subscribe to the main channel, which is this channel, the Geek Channel, the Twitch Channel, the Angry Man Nation, which we're going to start showcasing other content creators. Um, we're also on SoundCloud and iTunes and Periscope, you feel me? So you guys can actually listen to the Angry Man show when you're working out, jogging, or on your way to work in the morning, you feel me? But I'm going to... um. My bad, y'all. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read the uh, I'm gonna read the um, the donations from yesterday and today because we didn't get to do the ones from yesterday, so I'm gonna read the ones from yesterday and today. Um, yesterday the first person to donate was Q Wilson. Q Wilson was like, "You guys having a crossover special just like." The CW, love the progress. He's talking about the live stream we did last night with uh, Jap. Shout out to Jap. Shout out to the church. Um, We actually did a crossover. He streamed on his joint. I streamed on my joint. We both had the green screen. It was crazy. If you want to check it out, go over to Patreon and you can check it out. You feel me? But um, let's see who was next. Uh, JL West 23, he says, supporting the channel. Appreciate you. Ricky came through. He said, what's good and angry man? One small request. Could you do a review of the UK crime artist low key fire in the booth too? All right. I'm going to check that out, fam. I got you. Um, Charles Faulkner came through. He said, it's a damn shame. I've worked in law enforcement for years and I don't even want to tell you about how many fraudulent sex offense cases I've been involved in women playing with a double-edged sword. Appreciate you, Charles. Um, then today, the first person was Artisan MC. He said, I got 10 to spend. Appreciate you, fam. Then we had Don Teasy. He said, just because, bruh, just because. <laughs> Let's see. Then you got Craig Harper. He said, salute to the Army. Then you had Ron the Sheer 101. Appreciate you. Then you had Linda Anderson. Appreciate you. Then you had Mike Forrester. He said, we better come to a point where there are water fountains that say for women only. Damn. 
Then we had Donnell. He said, support black media. Appreciate you, fam. And then we had Hostel Adept. He said, excellent content. Appreciate that. Yo, man, I appreciate everybody who came through today, who contributed to the uh, uh, panel. Um, shout out to Cerulean. Shout out to Cats. Shout out to Char Willie. Shout out to Brother Xavier. Shout out to Kevin Samuels. Um, if I missed anybody, my bad. Uh, shout out to Angel. Um, Silent Thriller, Laquan, JL, J504, DMV Nitro, um, Space420. Appreciate every last one of you guys in the Discord. Follow me on all social media, guys. You already know what it is. At Angry Man Channel. We doing some new stuff, man. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're all over the place, man. But check us out at Angry Man Channel on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and uh, Periscope. You feel me? Also, check us out over on iTunes or SoundCloud. But, yo, I'm going to holler at you guys a little bit later, man. Deuces.